Steve Jobs is known for saying, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. You're listening to Rock Your Kindness, a new podcast presented by Love What Matters and dedicated to highlighting incredible stories surrounded by kindness. I'm your host, Tracy Farron, author, speaker, cancer thriver, and online creator. But what I really love to do is inspire others to be kinder to themselves and those they encounter. Because you never know how your kindness can change the trajectory of not just your life, but the life of another. So I have to know, what's the backstory or what inspired you to start Kindly? I owned a tech agency, a development firm, basically. And social media obviously has gone through the early days of message boards through MySpace and then into Facebook and everything else. And it always struck me, especially in recent years in the mid-2010s, as really just unsustainable. I thought that these platforms were constructed irresponsibly and that they were going to do immense harm. And I really felt as someone in that space owning a company that developed lots of things for lots of people, lots of companies. And we had a very good team. My real agenda was to just try to illustrate how a platform could be constructed to actually have a positive effect on society and be engineered in a way to try to get people to be just a better version of themselves and just be more responsible in what it does to protect people. And so really my agenda was to try to illustrate how it should be built. Again, I felt that they were just built irresponsibly in a way that was just not going to work. I've always said to people, I set out to develop a platform that would be the perfect playground for like pedophiles and all kinds of mischievous people. Facebook, et cetera, is what I would have designed. That's how you designed that platform. But that's not something that should be built that way. I just really was motivated to change it. So what was it that you saw firsthand or heard about that made you believe or feel that these other platforms were just being irresponsible? Is there anything in particular? As a parent, you know, I have three kids. Like everybody else, I probably didn't care very much if everybody wanted to go online and just yell at each other or just stuff would happen. And you'd look the other way like everybody does still today. But fortunately for us, nothing serious happened. But I think with every parent, the moment like you run into my then nine-year-old daughter and She was on what is now TikTok, but was musically at the time. Her friends are on it. And of course they get messaged by random people. And the moment you see that you're like, okay, this is no good. And so your choice as a parent is either shut it down completely, which I know a lot of people do, or you try to monitor, you try to deal with the parental controls, but they're really not very good. I'm somewhat of a tech person, obviously, and I really couldn't control it. You really just run into the roadblock of where, yeah, these platforms are just not a good idea. And so that's kind of what really got me thinking, yeah, this isn't going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Okay. So what is Kindly? Well, Kindly is what I think an illustration of what a social platform could be if it was engineered to try to create good in the world and in doing that in two main ways. The first way to construct a platform where people engage with each other and can connect with some safeguards and other mechanisms that at least protect the community from a lot of the bad actors out there, which I think is a huge thing that needs to happen on all platforms. 
And the other is to integrate within Kindly, to weave into that fabric a way for people to be part of something, to feel like they're joining together and getting sort of behind something, being part of a movement of sorts, a group. And so that's where the Kindly cards come in. So it was really my effort to try to weave two things together, the collaboration and communication, the connectivity of a social platform, which is the good part of social, with the purpose and spirit of positive social change and positive change in the world, which is like where the kindly cards integrate and combine together to say, look, here's a platform that is motivated not by clicks and impressions and everything else, but by like good deeds and like how much it can change people's lives. A different way of looking at success on a platform that clearly is not for everybody, but we think there's a lot of people that that, that is a good motivation for. Yeah. And what I heard you say was it's really a place for community, maybe for people who are over the standard social media platforms, the hate comments, the trolls, whatever you want to call it, maybe a safe place for people who want something that's uplifting kind. And then you mentioned safeguards. So what are these safeguards? Well, I think it's important to, before talking about the safeguards, to lay out what the problem really is. And I think that this is really the main focus that I feel like largely overlooked by people or we look the other way. And I understand it. I do. I understand why. But I think it's important to, to look at really what's happening on these platforms. Okay. So we have a few things that should bother people a lot. One is the fact that it's well-documented and I'm not political and I don't talk politics with people. That's one of the things about kindly. So if anybody, regardless of your political affiliation, should easily come to the conclusion that there are foreign entities, foreign governments that are literally manipulating the American public on platforms. They admit to doing it. They do it to both parties. They do it through both parties. They do it through everybody. And they're rampant. Facebook themselves, they indicated late 2020 that they removed 3.2 billion fake accounts with a B, oh. billion. And those are just the ones that they found. These fake accounts get created by the millions or tens of millions every day. And they're used nefariously to construct division and such. We have a situation with an American company building a platform that is used by foreign adversaries to create distrust and discord in America. And it's obviously working. That's the first part of the problem. The second problem is everybody listening, go to YouTube, Google stuff like catching predators, catching cyber predator, that kind of stuff. Watch the videos. It'll make you sick to your stomach. There are thousands, millions, who knows how many worldwide every day, predators who go online and pose as someone they're not and lure kids out to shopping centers or lure them out to the local 7-Eleven or wherever, to a diner, who knows wherever it may be, and just try to meet up with kids and pressure them and stuff like that. And it's a rampant problem and it happens constantly. And there's lots of people on YouTube that are setting them up and stalking and catching these people, but it's a rampant problem. So again, you have the foreign interference, you have the, as I call it, the predator's playground, which is what these platforms are. And then you have things like read the statistics, look online about problems with human trafficking. Studies have concluded that over 50% of the world's human trafficking starts on social media. So you have an enormous problem where people are going on again, posing as someone they're not, talking to kids, luring them out, and then the kids are never seen again, put into human trafficking programs worldwide. You have 
foreign terrorism. It's again, well-documented. ISIS recruiting on platforms using social media and American companies building platforms with zero safeguards or control, whose only purpose is to get as many users real or fake as they can, generate as much interactions as they can with no regard for the consequences or anything else. And that's not even talking about how much everyone seems to hate each other with all of the hate and all the negativity and all the insults and everything else. That's what we're dealing with at these platforms. Does that sound like a good, sustainable way for people to live? For me, and I think a lot of people I speak with, that environment is just not good for your mental state. I find it depressing to go on and read every comment just turn into insults and hates and accusations and all kinds of things. That's just not humanity like I know it growing up without social media. So that's the problem, really, and it's somewhat of a nutshell. So the solution, I guess I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, please. So a couple of things, right? The first, the number one thing is, and we, we read a lot about it today with Elon Musk buying Twitter and talking about all the bots and everything else. From day one, we were the only platform that authenticates users who are active on the platform. Our mechanism is very simple, and it's also philanthropic. So basically... Everybody who comes on Kindly can join for free. Just like other platforms, you can consume everything you want. You can watch everything, read everything. You can follow people, build out a feed. If you're sitting on the sidelines on social media and you don't post much, that's basically you on Kindly when you first come on. You're a passive read-only user. But the difference is the moment you go to post content or message somebody or create a comment. So the first time you try to actually contribute to the content, the platform will stop you and say, hey, wait, can't do that yet. You need to unlock by making a $1 donation to one of our charity partners. So we have on the app, a lot of major charities, just to name a few, United Way and Boys and Girls Club and Special Olympics and a bunch of others. And you do it through your in-app purchase on your phone. So you're not using Bitcoin or PayPal or some weird device like that. It's just one tap on your phone. You don't even have to put a credit card in. And it's one-time lifetime. So it's not every time you go to post, you have to pay a dollar or something like that. No, it's just simple. It's just so that bots can't create millions of accounts and start posting fake content on them all over the place. It just means that your account is tied to a real account person. Everybody has one Apple or Google account. It authenticates you. And we know you're a real person with a real device. And sure, and I'm not going to go into it specifically here, but there's ways people can try to get multiple devices, multiple accounts, and kind of game that system, et cetera. But if you really go into that much trouble to hate, okay, knock yourself out. We'll eventually figure it out on the platform anyway. So that at least gets rid of all of the robotic accounts and all of the things like that and means that everybody who's actually contributing to the conversation is a real person. And that's the big starting point for us. Yeah, and I love that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to go back to what you said, that there's the dollar fee if you want to actually post or comment. 
and you have a bunch of organizations that it goes to. So you guys aren't keeping a cent of that. The entire dollar goes to, you have like the Tim Tebow Foundation, Disabled Veterans, the Susan G. Komen, like a bunch like you had mentioned. What is y'all's goal or mission? How much are you trying to raise to donate to these charities or organizations? We start out when people onboard, we have a lofty goal and our stated purpose is to say, hey, look, if this platform can trend and be a worldwide platform like others, our goal is to generate $1 billion for charities while tracking and aggregating a billion kind acts on the platform using the Kindly Cards, which is a totally new device that nobody's really seen before. And to really create social change and to create a movement, that's one of our trademark lines is it's time for social change. And it is in many ways, both in society and on social media. And are you finding that social change is catching fire? It's definitely an uphill battle to get the word out and to try to get traction for people. There's a lot of people that are fatigued. Oh, here's another new platform, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. So we haven't really captured the momentum and the, sort of the viral nature that propels a platform like ours forward, but it's still early. Lots of these platforms that you're seeing now starting to get some momentum, like Be Real and some of that stuff is... Those are three years old and such. So it takes some time for the public to become aware and catch on. And we're just continuing to bring the message out there. And we've got some good content coming out shortly to illustrate people using the cards. And we're really hoping to create a movement out of it where people realize that it's fun. The app will track how many things are happening and where they're happening. So you can go on and see kind of what you're contributing to and if the community can generate a billion kind acts. Yeah. And I think to make kindness cool again, I had actually Coach Dar on my Instagram live almost like two years to the date. It was in 2020, November 13th. What was that? World Kindness Day. Yeah. I had her on and we were talking about it. And so you have people like Coach Dar, like this was all in the works. You attracted some pretty big names like Coach Dar and a WWE star and out correct me if I say this wrong. Is it Thaddeus Ballard? Say that right? Ballard, yeah. No, okay. AKA Titus O'Neill, Tim Tebow, three-time mm -hmm. Olympic gold medalist, Carrie Walsh Jennings. So this attracted some pretty big names that want to come on board to help spread this message. And when I was talking with coach Dar, that's what we were saying. I think I did a video like Justin Timberlake bringing sexy back. And she's like, Tracy, why don't you change that to bringing kindness back? And we were just talking about World Kindness Day because she is the U.S. ambassador of the Global Pay It Forward. And also with Kindly, you guys gave her the name of Chief Kindness Officer, correct? Right, right. And she was an amazing woman, but we were just talking a little bit about kindness and what it does, because I know she's really big into mental health and the effects. So my question would be, I need to know when I get to be on the Kindly bus. Because when I found out about that, I reached out to Carr and I know it was in 2020, 2021. It was, eh, we're not really. I'm like, you need to come to Houston. And I want to be a part of that. So tell us about the Kindly Bus and the street team and what y'all are doing there. Yeah. So the Kindly Bus, my way of trying to lead by example, we want people to use the platform to hand out these Kindly cards. And cards, again, are an easy, anonymous way to just do something kind and have it tracked back to the platform. And so the bus was the thought, hey, you know what? We can go out and create some really cool content with people, maybe attract a few media cameras along the way and just get out and lead by example and 
and kind of start this trend and say, hey, look, we can make it fun to go out as a team. And we really have had a lot of fun. We've had a number of people come out here to Scottsdale, come on the bus with us. And it's really just a blast. We just have fun. None of it is scripted. Nothing is planned. We literally drive around the city. And if people are on the side of the street or a lot of times at a bus stop, you're just waiting and we'll go out and bring them lunch and give them a free bus pass or stuff like that. Or we'll stop at a gas station, buy someone's gas for them and just wander around. I think a lot of people, they come out here with the thought that, okay, this should be interesting. We're going to go do some random acts of kindness. Not my usual thing. But by the time they leave, they're kind of blown away. They've never really done anything like that. And they realized like, they made him feel good. They had a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's just our way of leading by example. Obviously, we don't go out there all the time and do it. But here and there, we'll just make a run and just have fun with it. So, yeah, someday for sure, we'd love to have you join us and bring your energy to the kindly, to the streets of Phoenix. That would be a lot of fun. Yes, I would love to. Have you ever thought about doing like a bus tour? We have thought about that quite a bit. Obviously, the logistics are difficult with everything else that we have to do. But our plan and hope was more to, as we grow, rather than kind of do it that way, our hope was to put a bus in 10 or 12 cities Mm. so that instead of having to drive across country and burn literally days and days, it would be a little easier because we'd have a bus in Florida and a bus in New York and whatever, California. So... That was the thought and still is the hope that we could get the scale required to be able to do something like that and then make it easier and have a crew in every area that goes out every weekend and just does stuff like that. I think for us, it's important to balance it. I don't want to be seen as like we're kindly, we're just out there doing kind acts, follow us and watch what we do. We're not the content. I feel like it's important for people to realize that that model that you're used to sit in your chair and watch other people. That's not what this is about. This is about, you know what? You get some kindly cards. You don't have to go out in a bus. Just next time you're out at lunch or dinner, leave the server an extra $50 over and what you normally would do and leave a kindly card. Take a card with you to Starbucks and hand it and pay for the coffee behind you and do it that way. I do stuff where I'll, instead of having a garage sale, I'll take stuff out of my garage. My kids have outgrown and I'll bring it somewhere and just tape a kindly card to it and leave it like at a shopping mall or leave it at a strip mall or in front of a church or school or whatever. And people take it and scan the card. You don't have to do a lot, but you can do something. So I think that's one pushback I have about us on the bus. Yes, it's fun for us to do. Sure can attract some media, but it's not about us. We're not trying to steal the spotlight. We don't want to be the influencer. We don't want people to just sit back and watch us do stuff. We want you to get out, everybody, and just do one thing a week. Just make someone's day once a week, see what happens. And if everybody started doing that, it would be a whole different situation out there. Yeah, I love that. So something that I do with my cards is I would write just an uplifting message again, because I feel like my way to So kindness to the world is usually through word. And I would just write an uplifting message. I would tape it somewhere and then I would staple a card to it. I don't know who found it. I did it at a restaurant. I did it at Target. I did it a few different places. Got some weird looks. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But it was pretty cool. Now with those cards, people scan them, correct? So the cards are a new thing and it's definitely a little confusing for people because they're so used to everything on a social media platform happening 
in the feed and on the platform. But the way the cards work, when you order the cards we and we send them to you, so if we send you a pack of 52 cards, so one kind act a week, pack of 52 cards, each individual card has a unique QR code on the back. So they're all different. And we know by virtue of the QR code, or kindly the platform knows that those cards associate to your profile. But nobody else would know that. It's just they're private anonymous, but they're identifiable, your profile. So if you go out and leave one behind or do something, tape it somewhere, like you said, or hand it to someone, or like I said, you easily just leave it behind. They can scan that code with their phone. Now, they don't have to have the Kindly app. They probably never heard of Kindly. They have no idea what Kindly is, but that's okay. As soon as you show that code to your phone, to the camera, it's going to pull up the thank you page that says, hey... Someone did something nice for you. Let them know how it felt. Send them a thank you message. So the person, non-kindly user, can type in a message and add a photo and add a video or whatever content they want. They're anonymous. When they hit submit, it creates a post, like an actual designed post on kindly, as if they're kindly users. And it's a private post, basically, that only you would see until you approve it and let your audience see it. So it allows the pay-it-forward movement. They refer to it kind of as the digitization of the pay-it-forward movement. We have right now, we just had this nice conversation. While we're sitting here doing this, who knows how many times someone bought a coffee at Starbucks or did some kind of pay-it-forward movement out there in the world right now. It could be, who knows, a thousand of them, right? But they're vapor. They don't exist anywhere. Nobody knows they happen. They're just gone as quick as they happen. And so by handing out and leaving a card, now you're able to get this feedback and close the feedback loop. If you're the person who received the kind act, you have a chance to say thanks. Like, hey, whoever you were, that was awesome. Thanks so much for doing that. And if you're the person who did it, it's nice to get that message, to see the impact you made on somebody. It's nice to close that loop. And then beyond that, now it aggregates, it chronicles, it doesn't vaporize, it aggregates on the platform. Everybody can see the kind acts that are happening, where they're happening, how many have happened. And you can also see how many each person has done the kindly cards on their profile. So it's a way that I look at redefining what it means to be an influencer. Right now, everyone who calls themselves an influencer is really just popular. They've got followers. They're popular. To me, being an influencer means a little more than you're popular. To me, you should be creating some kind of impact, affecting people's lives in some way that actually does influence behavior or influence a response. And so by exposing the amount of kindly cards that people have handed out and the impact they've made in their community, it allows people to really show that, yeah, you know what, I'm not just popular, I'm out there actually making a difference and here's all the stuff I've done to affect people's lives one-to-one. As you're sitting here talking, there's a quote and I'll have to find out who said it because I don't remember, but the quote goes, those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are usually the ones who do. And I was thinking that because all these different social media platforms, they're ingrained, right? In people, they're ingrained in our children. They're really ingrained in the world. And here you are like, there's another way. There's a different way to do this. And you're going against the grain, which my husband's like, you always go against the grain. I'm like, no, it's just, I have my own brain and I don't just go with the flow. Okay. (laughs) I don't just do it because people say it. You strike me as that type of person. That's like, yeah, I get that's popular. I get that's what's ingrained in everyone, but here's a better way. And if it takes 20 years, it takes 20 years. But that was a quote I was thinking of 
as you were speaking that those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world usually are the ones who do it. One thing I noticed about Kindly when I was over there is it was pretty easy to use. There, It wasn't difficult. Yeah, thank you. We're so used to using technology, apps of all different kinds and shapes and sizes, even the one we're using right now, Zoom, and we're using this. Everybody just gets on their phone and devices and everything just works. People who aren't involved in building technology don't realize how absolutely torturous it is to create any platform of any kind and how many decisions you have to make about how things work. We look at Zoom now and you think, oh, there's just a few things you had to think of and you build it. No, there's probably like a million things they had to figure out and how it was going to all work. That's what happens. So it's really hard to do. And one thing that I really wanted to make sure of when we launched, we have two things that I think are really a change for people. One is that you have to unlock in order to take an active voice. And two is there's an actual physical item that goes with this that integrates out in the real world, you know, with the cards. So I thought, you know what, that's enough new stuff for people to try to adapt to that I did not want to integrate really anything else that would be too different or too unusual. We did want to have a unique way of posting content that kind of was a hybrid of what I would consider like the visual elements of what might be like an Instagram type thing mixed with the textual elements of somewhat Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And so our posting model has a few things that are a little different for people because you can post an image and post words all together. And it's not really like a caption. It's like a colored background. It like integrates together. We did a few things different for people to learn, but not too much because I think to your point, I'm glad to hear you say that it's not too complicated. There's just a few big learning curve things to get over and figure out with the cards and the unlock. But beyond that, it's pretty straightforward for sure. And what I love too about it is you guys really do have like a no bullying rule. And also it's like, we get your human, you might mess up. So it's like three strikes and you're out. So along with the authentication people with that donation, we basically built the platform so that if you were to unlock and then post something that violates our terms of use, first of all, our algorithm that moderates content is active while you're posting. So if you tried to go post something like super insulting or political or those kinds of things, it generally won't allow you. It'll say, hey, wait, now you can't say that. Try something else. So rather than like the other platforms who basically just post it, the kindly filter kicks in while you're doing it. So that helps. But now let's say you still are motivated. You're determined. You're going to get this message out there. So you start figuring out what doesn't generate that warning and doesn't generate the block. And you manage to sneak through something and it still violates its terms of use, then normal content moderation takes hold. And if there's a flag that's put on that, the system shuts you down until it's reviewed. It turns out that you violated the terms of use. You get a warning. If you come back and do it again, you get automatically suspended for 30 days. You're still a passive user. You can still use your account to follow and watch stuff, but you just can't create content. And then if you do it a third time, then you're just permanently suspended. The nice thing about our platform is, and again, I don't like to get into too much specificity of how we do this stuff, but the nice thing is, unlike other platforms, let's face it, everyone has 
their other Instagram or their other Twitter, or their other Facebook or five of or 10 of them. And they just switch to that account and just go right back to doing what they want. Kindly does have some safeguards about that because again, if you do that, you still have to unlock that account. You go through the unlock protocol. There's ways we can detect whether you're the same user that got banned already. Every unlock that goes through Kindly gets tested against a banned user account list with all the parameters that are known to that. So if you were someone who went through the trouble of downloading Kindly, paying your dollar, fooling our algorithm, fooling it again, fooling it a third time, getting banned, and then creating a new account and trying to come back and pay another dollar and do the same thing all over again. If you really go to that much trouble, we still can protect and prevent a lot of that because again, you have to go through that authentication protocol. So it's hard to come back and abuse kindly through a different account like you would elsewhere. Again, no system is perfect. And yes, of course, if you really were motivated, you can do that and we'd keep banning you and we can keep going. But you know what? You're paying a dollar to charity, so knock yourself out. <laughs> and so there must be trigger words because I remember when I was doing a post, I don't remember the word, but I remember it wouldn't let me post. And I'm like, what is in here? That's just, it's not, it's going against the rules. I don't remember the word or anything, but I do yeah. remember that happening. So there's words that it tries to detect that you cannot. Yeah. I don't like to get too specific with that. But one of the things that a lot of people consider some somewhat controversial is we don't allow politics on mm -hmm. the platform. And let's face it, nothing good ever comes from those discussions. And if you want to talk politics, you've got platforms to do it. I mean, we're not going to be as good a place to do that as Twitter ever. So why even bother? You know, our algorithm does look for certain phrases and words and other things that you would insert between words or in words mm -hmm. to try to fool that, to try to detect and we're always kind of looking at that list and how we tweak that to perfect it. For the most part, politics is one of the kind of easier ones because when you really start thinking about it, as we did when we started doing this, if you can't say Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, GOP, stuff like that, if you can't say that and some of the key people that are involved it does away with your ability to make references that are meaningful. And then when you go beyond that to kind of look at all the vocabulary that is used in those political realms, it's one of the easier things to do. Now, having said that, a lot of people have said, well, what about social issues? People like to talk about things that are concerning to them, and there's important issues that people worry about. And so this is where some people might not like my answer, but the bottom line is that we live in an era where everything like a mask to protect from a virus is a political issue. Again, it doesn't matter which side you're on, there's a political arguments about masks. And you literally look at some of the things that have been political and literally almost everything people take sides on becomes a politics issue. And the reality is most of these issues in a normal time aren't politics. That's a medical issue maybe, but it's not a political issue. The fact that people commingle everything into politics is one of the problems. And so on Kindly, we certainly don't mind people talking about social issues or issues that are important to them. Go ahead and talk about whether you think masks work or masks don't work. That's okay. Talk about social issues, but don't bring politics into it. Don't attach it to politics. That's where we draw the line because then it becomes an attack. Now it's 
you're one team against the other instead of an actual discussion about something. And you can be critical of that as a policy and say, okay, well, great, I guess you get to decide what's political and what isn't. There's really no answer to that other than, of course, at some point, something has to decide things. Something has to set parameters and rules, and that's the way we set them. To me, the conversation becomes personal when you start taking teams and politics into the mix and not personal when you're just talking about issues and science and logic and other things that are not associated with a political party. It's the best I can do. Yeah. And like you said, you weren't setting out to build a platform that was like all the others. You were setting out to build one that was different. And I stopped watching the news 15 plus years ago, every blue moon, like there's a hurricane, I got to watch it or something. Or my husband's like, let's watch this together. But I don't. And like you said, people can turn the news on any given moment. They can go to other platforms if they want to debate and do all this stuff and talk politics and stuff like that. So It makes sense to me. I get it that you were setting out to do something different and it's different. And I think it's great. Is there anything that you feel like I have left out or any questions that I didn't ask you or any last minute thoughts that you would like to share? The sort of parting thought I have for anybody and the message going forward is, are we going to just keep allowing people to smoke on the airplane? Or are we going to say, no, I'm not getting on that plane until they stop smoking. And that's, I think, the choice that everybody has to make on social media. You're either going to continue to allow it and be turn a blind eye out of convenience or stand up for principle. And I understand most people are just going to be not for me to figure out someone else. I think everyone has to make that decision. But I think all I would say and ask anyone listening is to truly go out and research and educate yourself about, and this isn't, it's not propaganda material. It's not partisan politics stuff. Research the number of fake accounts, the number of child trafficking, human trafficking, the child pornography, all the other stuff, and how rampant it really is on these platforms. And then decide, like I said, whether you want to go eat at that restaurant, whether you want to support that restaurant, or whether you want it out of your community. If you feel like maybe you don't want to eat there, go to Kindly and see that it could be done a different way. Yeah. And where can people go to find out about Kindly and download the app? We're on iOS and Android. So, you know, through the app stores, either one, Google or Apple. And if you don't want to use an app, you could go to kindly.org and order some cards and do some kind acts. That's what this is about. Thank you, Martin. It's been a pleasure having you on and me learning more about it, even though I'm a part of it, still learn some more. And then just letting our Rock Your Kindness community learn about it, because I feel like they're probably one of the best communities who would probably hop on. So thank you so much for coming on and taking your time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you. I've seen a lot of your dance moves, but I've never got a chance to talk with you. So it was a pleasure to talk with you and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I don't know that I'd call them dance moves, but there's some type of moves. (laughs) Hey, to me, they're dance moves. It's better than what I could do. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Really appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Same to you. Appreciate everything. Never doubt that one person can make a difference and change the world. And never doubt that that one person starts with you. 
If you know someone this story might resonate with, send them a link to this episode. Also, tag me on Instagram at Tracy Farron and let me know what part of this story resonated with you the most. The best way to help support this show is to rate, review, and subscribe. Your support means everything. Until next time, rock your kindness.